Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Come and draw from the well of salvation. Be made clean, let Him wash you in truth. He is the fountain of living water. Come and be made new. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. He can refresh you in the desert where your sin left you lost on the brink. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Him, dear sinner, and drink. water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty come to him will you drink deeply of Jesus will you come to the water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty been lost in the wilderness, chasing nothing but sin and death. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Jesus and live. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. Some years back, I tried to teach on prayer. But I didn't have the maturity or the understanding of what prayer was. I saw prayer as a helpline. If you're in trouble, pray. 
If you need answers, pray. But that's not what prayer is. I want to help you understand today and perhaps save you some agony. I used to say prayer is the hardest work I do. Now I have to tell you, prayer is all I do. Prayer is not hard. Prayer is easy. Providing you want what God wants. Prayer is hard if you don't want what God wants. Or if your timing isn't what God's timing is. I've been broken, a leg broken, a hip broken, for six months now. And I've been asking Jesus to to heal me. It hasn't happened yet. Is that because God doesn't want to heal my leg? No, I don't think it is. I think God is working out with me what he wants to work out with me. There are things that he wants me to understand. There's maturity that he wants to grow in me. See, we're told over here in Thessalonians. Let me read it for you. First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. Verse 16, be joyful always, pray continually, or pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What's he mean? Well, there's just some basic things we need to understand about prayer. First. God's in charge, not me. God is ruling over everything that touches my life or your life. If you're a Christian, you know already that prayer is much more than simply making a request of God. Prayer is where we are in fellowship, intimacy with God. In the Spirit, we dwell with Jesus. We are in Him, and He is in us. So prayer is that wonderful fellowship and relationship between a committed Christian and Jesus. Now, he'll answer the prayer sometimes of a non-believer. They cry out to God, and in God's mercy, he answers them. But that's not true of one of his children. God cares for his children, cares for all of his children, whether they're Christians or not. 
But being a Christian opens the door for me to enter into Jesus and for Jesus to enter into me. And now I rejoice. Regardless of what's happening, I know it's it's with God right in the middle of it. And so when I talk about prayer now, I don't talk about it being hard work. Oh, it's sometimes very persistent work, but not hard work. Prayer is where I open my heart to God, and God opens his heart to me. It's the most intimate kind of of a relationship. It's where I know I'm always heard and always received. But let me talk very practically about it for a minute. I need my my leg healed. That's what I think. Well, that's not what God thinks right now. For whatever reason, God is deciding to put me on hold. Well, is that okay? Yes, rejoice. Sometimes God answers yes very quickly because that's what he sees his child needs. Now, there's another kind of prayer that we don't talk about very much. Usually, we refer to it as God saying no. That's not what I'm talking about. It's where God decides something needs to happen. I don't think it needs to happen, but God thinks it needs to happen. And he needs to have it happen right away. And so he'll take actions in my life that I don't even know he's taking. He'll have us go somewhere or do something that we don't want to go to and we don't want to do. But we're pushed over the edge by the Spirit because that's what he sees for his kingdom needs to happen and happen now. I was talking with my wife Twyla this morning. It was not my plan to marry her. I didn't know her. She lived in Raymond, Washington. We'd exchanged some communications. She was one of those wonderful people who was helping to sponsor the radio broadcast. And so she would contribute and write a letter and talk about why she was doing it and who she was. So I learned a little bit about her, but I'd never met her. I didn't know what she looked like. Pardon me, there were 
some things in my heart that I knew I could not accept. But she she called me and said that she loved me. Well, what do you do with that when you don't know the woman? You don't know what she looks like. She could be six feet tall and 300 pounds for all I know. I didn't know what she looked like. And I said that to her. I I don't even know what you look like. And she thought I was asking her to send me a picture. I wasn't asking her to send me a picture. I was saying, please give me a break. But God was saying, this is your wife. Well, I didn't want a wife. So she asked me, has God said anything to you about our relationship? I said, what relationship? We didn't have a relationship. But I felt cornered. And so I said, I'll pray about it. You know, that's a good pastor's answer. I'll pray about it. Well, I actually, right that moment, bowed my head. I said, Lord, what's going on here? And he said to me, as plainly as I'm speaking with you, go get your bride. I said, what? Go get your bride. So I called her back and I said, I prayed about our situation. And the Lord told me to go get my bride. Can you put a wedding together out in Raymond? Yes. And so I booked a flight to Raymond, Washington at the command of the Lord. I didn't know what I was getting into. Oh, today I know what I was getting into, and I am rejoicing in God's wisdom and what he's done for me. The the wonderful relationship he gave me. I, I would never have found her. I would never have looked for her. But God saw. So did I pray for a wife? No. Did I pray for Twyla? No. I asked God what he wanted. And he said, go get your bride. Okay. I've learned when God speaks, I go. I do what he tells me to do, even if I don't like the idea, and I didn't. So, prayer is not just a one-way communication. Prayer is the very heart of your relationship with Jesus. How do I pray without ceasing? By never breaking that 
communication. I don't hang up on God. And God doesn't hang up on me. Prayer is the opening to God as to a friend. It's keeping that line always open. Some years ago, I met a man. God put our hearts together. He was not a Christian. But he said, you know what? Ray, I'd like to be friends with you. I said, no, you don't. You don't want to be friends with me. I'm not easy to be friends with. As some of you can testify, I sometimes make you very angry by what I say on the air. I speak as the Spirit gives me utterance. Sometimes it's not always easy. And some of you just write me off and you're gone. That's okay. This man said, I'd like to be friends. Okay. But I have, I have one rule in my life if we're going to be friends. Well, what's that? That you don't ever take the doormat in. If we're going to be friends, we're going to always be friends. Now, I'm not defining what that friendship will look like. I'm just saying, if you want to be friends with me, it's expensive. It means we're absolutely honest with each other, and it means we never take in the welcome mat. Well, my friend lives quite a distance away. We've always been absolutely honest with each other. And he's never taken in the doormat. If I saw him today, it would be as though no time had passed. We'd pick up immediately where we were when we last saw each other. That's true with Jesus. Except Jesus doesn't move away from us. Prayer means that I'm always going to be in a position with him where he can say whatever he needs to say to me whenever he needs to say it to me. And he can push me into situations and actions that I don't want. And it's okay. So, prayer is not just I need you now. I I desperately want you now. I need help, Jesus. I'm sinking. I'm dying. I'm broken. I'm I'm whatever. Please heal me. Yes, those kinds of prayers are important. When I'm in trouble, when I lack physical health, when I lack money, Whatever it is I need, I'm always free to go to him because I'm always with him. Do you understand? I'll see in the the radio fund that we're getting really low. 
and and I'll just say, Lord, you see where the fund level is? Would you move forward and and help cover? In fact, would you just cover it all? And then I let it go, and I believe. Well, he always covers that. He has a covenant with me that he will carry the radio, the cost, the expense. We have an agreement that that the radio broadcast is his broadcast, not mine. That the church expense is his expense, not mine. And so whether it's the church rent or whether it's the radio cost, it's his, it's not mine. And I don't often raise the subject with him. Instead, I stand by faith that if there's something we need to talk about, okay. If he doesn't supply the need for the radio or the church, then I'm going to simply assume, based on our relationship, that he's trying to get my attention and he wants a change in the arrangement. Okay. That's that's okay. Whatever he wants is okay with my heart. So right now, I'm in a very hard place, a very painful place. How should I deal with that? Well, there are some cases where the Lord wants me to come and really press the issue and say, Lord, I need you to move on this. Let me read for you a a parable. Um, if I can find it quickly for you. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a, a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. The Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones 
who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Well, he just gave us a very clear sign. God will sometimes, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, will sometimes push me pretty hard if I begin to just get comfortable. He'll push me. Ray, do you know where your help lies? Are you willing to just cry out to me until I answer? Will the Lord find faith when he comes back? A lot of this prayer answering business is about Do I trust him? Am I in a relationship with him where I pray continually? Well, how do you pray continually? Not with words. You're at work. You have responsibilities. But are you constantly aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit with you And does he direct you and help you in that work? Is he a partner with you in what you're doing? If the answer is yes, then the Lord will certainly find faith on the earth from you when he comes. You see, this is not a lone ranger situation. This is not where you go about your business and do what you want to do. This is about God being supreme. This is about God filling your thoughts day and night with the clear sense of, I am in Jesus and Jesus is in me. And I don't make any decisions without consulting with him in my spirit, in him. Now, it's not always been that way. There was a time in my life when I did what I thought I wanted to do, and when I got in trouble, then I went to God and asked him to rescue me. I don't do it that way anymore. I walk in the Spirit. I know that what's happening in my life is under his hand and in his control. And so... My attitude is one of rejoicing. This morning, I didn't feel very good when I got up. In fact, I was, I was grumpy. I wasn't rejoicing. And I finally recognized what I was doing, and I, I said, Holy Spirit, I'm sorry. I'm going to rejoice. No matter what it feels like, I am going to rejoice because you are here, you are with me, and you're comforting my heart. Now, the morning didn't get easier, it got harder. But in my heart, 
I continued to rejoice and say, Jesus, I know you're right here with me. Would you adjust my attitude? Oh, there's those be attitudes again. Would you adjust my attitude? And suddenly, the clouds began to lift. I knew God was there. I knew he was hearing me. I knew he was carrying me. And I began to rejoice in that. Now, there is in the 11th chapter of Luke, the Lord's Prayer. I'll teach on that sometime later. But he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend. And he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Because a friend of mine on a journey has come here and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, Hey, don't bother me. The door's already locked. My children are here with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him bread because he is his friend. Yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Well, think about that a minute. He went to a friend and said, Would you lend me three loaves of bread? No, not because you not because you just ask but because you need and you're you're bold and you're not going to back off. Oh, God loves that. God loves when we come to him in boldness and we ask. The scriptures say it will be given to you. You will knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who receives If he asks, he who seeks finds. To him who knocks, the door will be open. This is a friendship. We have something that goes far beyond friendship. We have a relationship with Jesus Christ that goes to the very heart of Jesus and goes to our heart. And we get connected with Christ in me and me in Christ. Now, prayer becomes easy. Lord, you know that I've asked you to heal me. You know that I'm operating in pain. 
because you're in me. You know how I feel and, and what I think. And Now, Lord, I'm waiting on you. Part of what Jesus really likes is for us to open our heart and wait on him without demands. I remember a man. His church was collapsing. And he said, if God, if you don't answer my prayer by this time, next week, I'm going to close this church and I'm going to move out. I said, oh, no, 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 no. Don't put demands on God. He doesn't like it. Just ask him, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? How should I minister? He said, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. I know where I'm to minister. And it's in this town and it's in this church. And if God doesn't agree with me and if he doesn't answer my prayer, I'm out of here. So, whoa, you're, you're in trouble. Well, the next week, God had not answered his demands. He loaded up his van and his car, and he moved to Colorado Springs. And I got a panic phone call from him. Ray, I'm in trouble. Surprise. Are you surprised you're in trouble? What do you need? Well, I'm... My van's broken down. I don't have any money to repair it. I don't have any work. I am dead end. I said, well, there is a Christian organization in town. Why don't you go see them? Focus on the family is there. And then call me back. Tell me what you find. So he did that. And focus on the family. Gave him a check to get his van fixed. But he still was dead in. I said, why don't you just pray now and ask Jesus how he wants to rescue you. He will rescue you. You've made a very foolish decision. You blew out of town before God told you to. But he is a merciful God and he will rescue you. So that's what he did. And Focus on the Family hired him on the spot. He's a very talented, smart guy, great personality. And Focus said, yes, we have a position open. We'd like to hire you for that position. That's what happened. But he didn't learn his lesson. He got bored in the position. 
So he started his own company. And when he started his own company, it went under. He lost everything. So he began writing bad checks. And of course, the police caught him. He went through a very, very painful, hard lesson. We're not free to just do what we want to do and pray and tell God what you want him to do and make demands on him. It doesn't work that way. Prayer is that wonderful, intimate relationship between a God, Jesus, and his child, his son. He's not our best buddy, even though he is our closest friend. But he wants us to wait on him. Some of you are considering today just jumping to a new job. Don't. Some of you are considering today, okay, it's over. I'm out of here. No, it's not. It's not over till Jesus says it's over. So uh, repent for those jumps that you've made. Ask Jesus what he wants now and tell him you'll wait for him to tell you what to do. And he'll test you. You may lose your house. You may lose everything you have because of past decisions. But wait on God. God has a million and one ways to rescue you if you'll just wait on him. You know, what should I do about my broken leg? I can go to a doctor, get a surgeon, and have him repair my my hip. Sounds easy, doesn't it? That's not what God told me to do. Before this happened, he said, wait upon the Lord. Well, that's pretty clear, isn't it? And the Lord will carry you through. Well, that's pretty clear, isn't it? I'm in deep trouble if I do something other than what God tells me to do. And believe me, sometimes God will tell me to do things that I don't want to do. It doesn't seem like a wise choice to me. It entails pain and loss. And what do I do? Well, the answer's pretty simple, isn't it? You do what God tells you to do. Oh, but God doesn't talk to me. Well, is it possible that you've been doing things that God didn't tell you to do? And God finally stopped telling you what to do because he knew you were going to do what you wanted to do. You were going to go where you wanted to go. In that case, God stops talking to you. Why? We were too far away from him to even hear him. And some of you, 
if you were to become seriously ill, you might die before God even answers your prayer. See, God is in charge. God is in charge of what happens with your body, with your soul. It's been six months for me. I'm saying, Lord, please remember me. Please don't forget about me. Now, I know he hasn't forgotten about me because in lots of other areas, he's talking freely to me and giving me instruction. He's just not talking to me about what I want to talk to him about. Is that okay? It has to be okay because he's the boss. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the one who makes the decisions about where we live and what we do and how we have money, how we don't have money. He is totally in charge. Can you can you grasp that? God is in charge. I'm not in charge. I don't make the choices and the decisions. God makes the choices and the decisions, even to whom I marry. And I am unalterably dedicated to whatever he says. So this morning, as I prayed about this matter, I said, it's obvious you don't want to talk to me about it, and that's okay. If I'm to be a cripple the rest of my life, if that's your will, that's my will. I am utterly dedicated to your will and your will alone. I'm not going to turn aside to the left or to the right. I have learned the hard way to trust you and to rejoice in that. Not to complain, not to be angry, not to be bitter, but to say, Lord, Your way is my way. Just guide me. Make sure that I don't get off track with you. You know, it's so easy to to think, oh, God, God answered my prayer. No, I answered my prayer. (laughs) No, no, no. Nine times out of ten in my past, it was me who answered my prayer. I don't do that anymore. What the Lord wants is what I want. He knows the best way through. In fact, he knows the only way through. So when I talk about prayer now, I'm talking about a relationship with the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He's the boss. I'm not in charge. And I'm happy not to be in charge. And so I can rejoice 
in whatever my circumstances are, I can rejoice. And believe me, I've been in some tough circumstances because of my own foolishness. Sometimes I'll say things on the broadcast I shouldn't say because I've gotten impatient. And then I have to repent. Some of you get mad at me. And sometimes you have reason to get mad at me. Other times, no, it's your own rebellious heart. You just don't want to hear the truth. It's a relationship with Jesus. Praying without ceasing is a relationship with Jesus Christ, where he is dwelling in you and you are dwelling in him. And you hear him clearly until you get on your high horse and you want to do it your way. No. No, 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 no. Don't do it. So what's going to happen? I don't know. Am I finished in ministry? Maybe. I don't know. But I know this. Whatever he decides about me and this radio broadcast, whatever he decides about me and preaching publicly again, it's all right. I'm going to agree with him. I'm going to be cheerful. I'm going to rejoice. Even when I don't feel like it, especially when I don't feel like it. Are you willing to trust him? Or are you going to go do your own deal? Separate yourself from the Spirit of God. Treat him like Santa Claus, or like a vending machine. Put a quarter in and you want an answer out. Is Jesus the love of your heart? And are you going to do what he asks you to do? Even if he's pushing you into something you don't want. Are you going to rejoice in him? Or are you going to let cynicism and bitterness and anger rule your heart? Are you going to let Are you going to let anger rise in your spirit? I'm not. I want what Jesus wants. Even though I don't understand it, it's it's what I want. Sometimes, even through the tears, Jesus wants it. It's what I want. Even if it means my own death, if I've finished my course, 
going to praise him and see him soon. Now, some of you are praying for the peace of Jerusalem. I pray that also. But I know that Jesus has other plans for Jerusalem. I know that in the end, it will be the seat of eternal power with Jesus Christ on the throne. It is Jesus who who knows how to give good gifts to his children, especially the Holy Spirit. Well, let's pray. Almighty God, there are many things I don't understand. Sometimes impatience can even come into my spirit. Lord, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to rejoice in you. For I know that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I know that you want what is best for your children. I know you want us to wait upon you and let you make the key choices for where I'll be and when I'll be. So, Lord, I'm coming today praying for my brothers and sisters who are still walking in rebellion against your way, who have not made a decision to unalterably surrender themselves to you. Lord, have your way. Some, Lord, are sick today or broken, as I am. Some live with chronic pain. Lord, take all impatience from my heart and give me the courage to just totally put my trust in you, Jesus Christ. Bring me into yourself and bring yourself into me. I invite you to dwell in me in all of your glorious power. Lord, come into me today. And I'm going to enjoy your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory to your name. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. If you'd like to come and visit with us, you're in the metro area, then come and see us. We're a small house church. We're not impressive. We don't want to be. It's Jesus who's impressive. So come and and visit us. And if it's the home Jesus is calling you to, then come and join us. 
and write to me, please. And Tom and your precious wife, we just received your check for $500. It was a great encouragement to my heart. Thank you. Write to me at National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That's National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Woodbridge is just 11 miles from the Beltway South in Virginia. You're also welcome to go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, nationalprayerchapel.com. You can give online, and I'd love to hear from you. God bless you, my brother, my sister. This is a very difficult time for Israel, but God is working out his will. I love Israel because it's God's city. And I love his people. And I'm praying for you. I'll talk to you soon. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory.